everybody. Welcome to another day of the Podthon here at Give Me Attention or Give Me Death. I am here today with one of my favorite people in the universe for a little artist spotlight episode. One of my favorite people, one of my favorite musicians, uh, my ride or die. Uh, she is turning a light bulb off and on right now as we speak. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to today's episode, Clarissa Johnson. Hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, girl. Hey, boy. Uh, now, Carissa, you are not here with me. You are way far away. I am. You I'm are in the City of Angles. City of Angles, 3,000 right, miles away. They don't let people have chubby cheeks there, right? <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's why they call it Los Angeles. <laughs> Yeah, you have to go through some qualifications to to get in the state now. You gotta have the yeah. angles. Yeah. The TSA is really weird. It's like uh, no firearms, no chubbos. No, <laughs> the A stands for angles. Yeah, yes, it does. Uh, yeah, I'm inside. I'm uh, I'm uh, quarantined in my Airbnb. Nice. Yeah. Well. Well, not nice. I don't. That was a <laughs> neat. That was a real knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> well, it's nice because we're together now. Yes, what a wonderful time! Thank yeah. you for uh, for video conferencing, teleconferencing yeah. in. Thanks for having uh, me. Hey, absolutely. Uh, what I'm doing, uh, if you're not aware of it, or maybe you're listening to this episode and you're not aware of it, what I'm doing is recording an episode every day while everyone is stuck inside, and I figured. How the hell can I mine content out of my very talented friends? And I, of course, hit up the most talented person I know, Miss Carissa Johnson, and said, hey. Oh, stop. I said, hey, what if we did an episode about you and your music, and we played some of your music, uh, and we did that. Yeah. And, and look at us now, girl. Look at us. Now, you, you toured your way out to California for this trip, right? I did. Yep. This this isn't your first uh, extended stay in Los Angeles. No, I technically lived here a couple of years ago, but I was always touring, so I never really got to fully take it in. So I was like, I should go back to L.A. and see if I really like it there and like want to spend some time there. And I was like, I'll just tour there and then I'll tour back and I'll hit all the places that I miss and in between. And now I'm in L.A., but. The whole state's under lockdown. <laughs> but it has culted you up hard. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if this is the perfect time or the worst time, but uh, it just so happened to be the time right now. But uh, yeah, the tour was great. It was like a week and a half out. I, I drove south and then west, and I hit a lot of cool spots on the way here. And uh, the plan is to tour back home, but still waiting to see if that's a thing or not. So Yeah, if that'll happen, because even that's a ways okay. away still, but that's... Yeah, there's still enough Although time. Not really anymore. It's only I know. It's like a it's month away. Yeah, it's it's actually coming up on. I, it's like a little bit over, less than a month now. So I th I'm supposed to leave here April 18th with Matt Minigel. He's supposed to fly here, so we'll see if flights are. Matt Minigel, friend of the podcast, Matt Minigel. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The one and only. Matt <laughs> the case of the cooker himself. <laughs> <laughs> the cheese eater himself. Yeah. <laughs> I've only seen him eat cheese in all well, different forms. we did formats. a. We did a full episode where he's cooking quesadillas the entire time. Really? I didn't see that. Oh, well, thank you for not listening to my <laughs> podcast then. I'm sorry. <laughs> thank you for exclaiming that on an episode. <laughs> what? You did that? I I've never seen it. I haven't checked it out yet. <laughs> Why are you digging this hole? Why listen. <laughs> listen. I will. Now I have time on my hands, so I will go find that. Yeah, now we all have time on our hands. We do. Uh, so let's let's go through and talk about what brought you from. Um, I don't know. What's a good way to say y child childhood? <laughs> <laughs> what was bring you from childhood on the East Coast to trapped in an Airbnb? <laughs> Not Where did it all go wrong? Yeah, where did it go wrong, Carissa? <laughs> well, I quit uh, college uh, in 2012. No. Yeah. Um, no, I, that was actually 2014. Um, and then I... Uh, okay, no. so let's see. Listeners, <laughs> mark that down as the first lie. Uh, <laughs> well, before you became a no-good dropout... Uh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. That was needlessly rude. Whatever. Uh, 
before you became a no comma good dropout. Uh, <laughs> good save. Be, thank you. Uh, before that, you were already in a band. You played music all through high school, right? Yeah, with Matt Minigel, cheese with eating Ma- Matt. with Matt Minigel, cheese eating quesadilla cooking friend of the podcast, Maddie yes. Mins. Him himself. Matty Mins of the Woeful House. Yeah, if it wasn't for him, who knows where I'd be? And I mean that in all sincerity. Um, he was the only person playing music in high school, and I ran up to him one day, and I was like, hey, when's the talent show? And then uh, we ended up playing music together, and then five years later, we quit school together, and then um, the band broke up, and then we yep. both went and our that, solo ways. And that band was Left Hand Blue. Left Hand Blue, yeah. We did that throughout high school and a little bit of college, and uh, I played bass and sang backup and um, really kind of figured out who I was as a musician and a person through that experience and then just kind of ran with it as a solo artist and um, played throughout Boston and yeah started touring and now here I am cooped up in LA on lockdown <laughs> well let's go a little more to detail <laughs> that's exactly what happened there wasn't anything else <laughs> that is it's like yeah, yeah I'll do an interview about my about my journey in music well I met Matt I was in high school, then we dropped out of college, and then I made my own albums, and, uh, and then I got I locked in this house. Yeah, 10 years later, you know, nothing really <laughs> 10 in years between. later, I was locked in a home. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess there was more to it than that. Um, yeah, Left Hand Blue was a really good um, kind of, you know, grounding experience and formative years, um, and uh, I don't know, I just kind of realized I, w- I had songs I wanted to write. I became more of a songwriter than an instrumentalist. And performer, like I, I really love performing and being on stage, but I felt more of a writer than a musician. Yeah. And um, those two things end up going hand in hand, but I uh, see myself firstly as a lyricist, and the music is just a way to get those lyrics out. And um, so, yeah, once I started recording the first album for now uh, at the studio that Left Hand Blue was recording at, The Den with Doug Batchelder, um, I kind of created an album just. By myself, pretty much, and then hired drummers that I knew to play on it, and then had Doug kind of, you know, he produced it, and he helped with some ideas and formulating the songs, and um, then I kind of just had a sound, and then I figured out how to create a band from that, and um, went with that for the next few albums, and the the personnel has changed with, like, bandmates and stuff like that. Um, Oh, don't we know it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I had a, uh, a, a, a very special drummer. Well, I, I met I met you um, right before For Now came out. Yeah, and right that, at the right time. I, yeah, I met you as you were getting that album together, and uh, I knew a few of the, a couple of the people that had played on it, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, Brett. And Brett, and um, didn't. Did Matt Belfiore play on Your dad played on Oh, yeah. It. They, uh, so I covered one of my dad's songs, and his right. bassist, Matt Belfiore, played bass on one of the songs. Yep. I think that was how we slowly started talking to each other. Yeah. And you were someone, you're you're the kind of person I always got very, uh, not jealous of, but I guess envious, but that doesn't sound any better, <laughs> of someone that figured their shit out so soon uh, in a way of like, I met you when you were 20 and you were putting together your first album, uh. like as a solo artist. And I was 26 and being like, well, I think I just figured out what I enjoy. And <laughs> <laughs> but in some way it was perfect timing because I think we both really needed each other at that point. I was kind of yeah. going through a big loss with the drummer and, um, and needing, I was bored. needing to change up. Uh, kind of, you know, my band, and I was like, I don't know anyone else who plays drums. You have to play drums for me now. And uh, spoiler alert: I did not play drums. I, uh, I, I had just lied. But that's what <laughs> happens when someone believes in someone else so yeah. strong, <laughs> and then says, "Thank you." <laughs> Your first show is at Boston City Hall Plaza right now. Let's play. And it. yeah, we. I had five days. Five days in five days, I had to go from lying to someone that I just wanted to hang out with to like, yeah, we're playing Boston City Hall Plaza Saturday, and then later that night we'll play another show. Yeah, and it's like, oh, fun. So, yep, <laughs> that was the foundation we built it on. So, because that's I get a kick out of watching you now, where I've seen you play the House of Blues in Boston, the Paradise. I've seen you tour around the country. And I've also seen you play in a VFW at 2 p.m. <laughs> With bananas. Where, 
Yeah. <laughs> With bananas, your drummer insisted he bring. Uh, yeah. Seriously, been through, I mean, the whole spectrum of live shows. And, um, yeah, I mean, those formative years were so important. And, uh, yeah, the Electric Party Convention was the first band with you and Tanya, who now yeah, plays in Stormstress. And that came out of a bit of you You wanted it to be you. You've always wanted it to just be you. But uh, because you are, how do I put this, uh, a human being with emotions, you're. I feel like you keep thinking of like, well, I don't. I don't want to cheap out the people playing my music with me. Yeah. And the way that we felt comfortable as a uh, compromise, I think together, mm-hmm. is that you know every whatever you put out is just you because we just learned your your music. But every show we played, we were a different band name. Yeah. Oh man, we had the best band names. That was yeah, some of the we most fun. The chit chat sync rats, the hat girls, uh, the querios. The the Walloping Warlocks, I think, was one. Yep. Xbox then was, One. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for playing. <laughs> and, uh, and then I think it was just the reaction people kept giving us to the Electric Party convention that yeah. you were just like, oh, fuck it. That's just it. Yeah. Oh, that was the, the best remember, name. That was the best name. The way people would always read it would be like the electric party convention. <laughs> like it would be like someone shutting off slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was great. It was like confusing, but also like, extremely entertaining. And I love that. And then there came a moment when I was like, okay, I think I, I really want to do this with my life. Like I want to get like serious about it, you know, and like yeah. go from, go from punk rock, everything just being thrashy and like crazy and like who knows what's going to happen to, actual you know like rock band sort of thing where i'm like i want to like make sure everything's kind of tightened up and like a little bit more uh i don't know how to say it like just dressed up a little bit um, rather than like being completely spontaneous but that's my favorite thing and like innately who i am is just i love spontaneity and not giving people what they expect and i'm still trying to keep that whole character in that but kind of just make things you know progress and uh, that's been a big thing for me is like growth and like wanting everything to kind of like you know keep getting bigger and better each time i do something um i think kind of just formed into it formed into only roses the next album yeah i was gonna say you definitely you don't lose the energy as the albums go on but i recently went back and listened to for now actually uh, in your absence, I had to hear something. Uh, so, and it it is it's it's bizarre now that I've I've listened to your music so much over the last uh, five years now since for now Jesus Christ. Wow, I know that's weird. Yeah, saying it out loud strange. <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, over like the the five years now that since for now has come out, and you really don't sound you you sound much more like mature in the way it's produced and the way it's come together whereas for now it does sound like a very good like power pop and kind of proto-punk album thanks but then you go into only roses where even looking at it you can tell it's gonna sound dark not, not yeah because they're not slower but definitely darker yeah it's a little bit heavier subjects matter i think for now is very hopeful and then only roses is kind of like well Everything kind of just uh, got harder. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going through something. But um, Only Roses was really integral to my growth as like an artist, as a person. And I think that was really like the uh, first time I was really getting myself into the whole Boston music scene with that album. And finally, like being heard, I think, by by more than just my group of friends and family. And um, I mean, for now, I got out there as well. But I think Only Roses was the push I needed. Yeah, really for now like definitely is someone. For now is definitely someone running into something else, and then only roses. You were you're there now. Exactly. I think it's it's a real sophomore kind of a, a classic sophomore feel to it. Um, and I think it's just because you're, for now you you're not like when you put out your first piece, you're not living. Although I know it's not your first piece, and people don't realize how long you've been doing this for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which <I never> yeah <laughs> well if if and if you're listening to this and you're not either me or carissa you should know that i i only say that to give her a real hard time <laughs> about everything 
but it is it, it you can hear that change of I've been here for a little while now and uh you're you have something more to prove than the fact that you exist. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And uh then it just kind of all started really coming together and like being a thing and um yeah, I had Nick Hall join in on drums and um and then after Tanya ended up doing her project more full time, we parted ways and I got Steph Curran on guitar and but they became Tanya is on the entirety of Only Roses, right? She and Nick are both on five songs. Um, the other ones were kind of made in the midst of Tanya leaving and then also um, getting Nick to be the actual like full-time drummer. Mm-hmm. So we had, I think on like five or six songs, there's other drummers that were kind of just like interim, just like studio musician, hired gun. Right, because um, when, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And when, what were you going to say? I was going to say, because when we split. yeah. It was more finding people to do full time or to do the live shows. And I think you had just started recording the new album. Exactly. Yep. And it's always been kind of a progression like that when it's like as soon as I get that album, the first album out, I'm like already on to recording the next one. And I just want to keep the steady stream of music going. And uh, so, yeah, things were just like changing before my eyes. And then all of a sudden a new album was was done. And um then I left the record store, and um, it was kind of around record store day, I think, and I was just like, I want to go like do this for real and like make music a full-time thing. And just diving into that gave me this kind of extra courage I didn't have before and kind of a necessity to make it work. And yeah. um, that just kind of added to my drive to just keep creating and keep playing, and the shows kept getting better, and um, the audiences kept growing, and, and then that led us to the Rock and Roll Rumble, which was a big part of our career in Boston just getting in front of that many people and um getting those opportunities really really helped push us and that was uh late that was 2017 was the rumble yep uh I'm very proud of myself for getting that one right uh because it's also it is important I, I think it's worth noting that um for now is 2015 only roses is only the next year of 2016, almost exactly, I think, 12 months, right? I think they're both February yep. releases. Uh, and then the Rumble is the very next year. So it hasn't, it wasn't a, a slow build once it started rolling. I think the, the slow build was the quiet uh, left-hand blue stuff and the acoustic stuff you did before for yeah. now. Yeah, totally. It all led up to that, that point, and then it just kept rolling and still rolling. Yeah, so then you do the Rumble... And now you're you're fully, you're in with your hometown scene. And now I'm removed and now you, from it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now you're like, well, you know what? It's time to drive around a shitload. Yeah. I just got 20, the urge to just be on the road. Yeah. Well, 2017, 2018 is when you're out pretty much most of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I spent both those years basically, because right Right before the Rumble, I had met Vanessa Silberman, who was living on the road touring, and I was like, I could do that. And then we ended up teaming up and, you know, doing everything together. We ended up touring and um, just doing, like, I did a ton of solo acoustic touring right after the Rumble, and then brought Nick and Steph out when I could for shows, like, on the West Coast, and um, any chance I got, really. Um, but yeah, those two years, 17 and 18, and into 19, were all basically touring years. Yeah. And that was a lot of not just music, too. I think you and Vanessa did a lot behind the scenes, too, right? With, like, DIY conferences. And Mm -hmm. uh, I know she worked on one of your later albums. Yep. Yep. She just recorded and produced my last acoustic record that just came out a few months ago. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, she runs um, an artist development label called the Diamond Heart Production. And she puts out my music digitally now and um, has helped with some artist development stuff and... We did a ton of Q&A kind of things with Sound Girls, with Girls Rock Camps, and with Apple, um, yeah, all on the West Coast. You did all, it's all, it was all like DIY conference stuff, right? It was Yeah, we were talking about yeah, being like a DIY artist and how to make it self-sufficient and um, just how to like make a living and make a career as an independent artist. Do you think that's one of the questions you get the most? Is yeah. Is it like... How do you get this stuff going out there? How do you do this and that? And 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. Every one of those Q&As, people were ask, asking questions about how do I get past the point of open mic, you know? And like, yeah. th- these were questions that I was always asking myself where I'm like, I don't know how to get past just playing an open mic every Tuesday. Like, how do I get the shows? And so that's where I'm like, now that I've figured it out, I'm like, I want to share this information with people and then how to make a good brand. And then with like using imaging and using like, you know, social media to connect with people um, on a deeper level that stuff is just so important and where i've done a lot of graphic design and social uh social media like assets and just like pictures and image stuff for people i'm like now i can i've turned that into a career and like a side hustle called feel heart productions and um so that's kind of the name that i went under for all the diy touring stuff where i'm like i want to make a blog and like make a book out of how i make this work because i get questions all the time from people like how are you making a living doing all of this and it's like it's just from being 10 people in one yeah (laughs) all right i'll stay a little humble (laughs) (laughs) it just comes from being i don't know the power of 10 people (laughs) i don't mean it like that i don't know it's something about an unstoppable force (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i I can only be so sincere for so long i'm i apologize i'm such a turd i'm over here getting a big head i don't even know it yeah, getting. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm trying to help other artists, Buttercup. You you do you do a lot. Uh, uh, I mean, I you know we 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 rib each other back and forth a yeah. lot, but you do, you do do a lot. I do do a lot. And when you're not <laughs> sprouting shit, uh, you do. <laughs> you do you do a lot to help uh, other artists. You yeah, do you, know, you do thing, between lessons or yeah. just being a patient human being which so many people aren't um especially after having you know scraped around the road for so many years mm-hmm. uh but it's always you know that's always i think what anyone anyone any open mic i'm now i'm just stumbling and this has to get cut out <laughs> um and i i but no, I think you do a lot to, to help a lot of uh, newer musicians and younger musicians out. Yeah, yeah, it's all about community and collaboration, and those two things are definitely two of the most important aspects of being an artist and, you know, ways that I've been able to keep going as one and, you know, help the whole thing move along. Yeah, well, no one's no one's in this alone. Exactly. You know, uh, you you got to do it on yourself. You got to do it by yourself, but you never have to be on your own. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and I think it's I think you do a really good job at explaining to people uh, what I always like to think of as like the duck metaphor, where when you're performing, you want people to only see above the surface duck, the duck that's just kind of sliding along the water, hanging out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people don't realize sometimes when they start doing that that the duck's feet are going fucking crazy underneath the water and it's like a madhouse down there (laughs) i love that and yeah i i think a lot of people will ask you like like a lot of people be like you know how do i get past these open mics because in their heads it's like well i play this song really well for a year someone hears it and then it gets good and then i'm on to that and they don't realize it's that whole like what do you explain with the social media interactions and the and I don't know. Yeah. Oh, all, this, you're, all you're the self-production that goes behind it. Totally right. That people, I yeah. think, kind of miss. Yeah, there's a lot that people don't see. And people, you know, tend to think it's easier or more glamorous than it actually is, um, which I definitely did. You know, there's definitely, like, a naivety you have to have as an artist. Um, oh, you got to be delusional. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> else it's not worth it. <laughs> the real answer to anything is just do it. Yeah. It's like you can't really, th- it's not going to be the same process for everybody and it's not going to be the same path. So it's just basically getting out there and doing it and just kind of, you know, throwing everything at a wall and seeing what what sticks and then just, you know, working and growing and just trying everything. I mean, that's what the booking process is like, too. You got to send 50 emails before you get one or two back, you know? Yeah. So Yeah, you do. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, so, all right, we've, we've discussed only roses and for now, uh, so let's talk quickly about, uh, talk, 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 because I have a few songs here from you to share with everybody. And the first one you sent me is you lost you. 
Yes, uh, that was the first so single off that album. That was the first single off Talk Talk Talk. Yeah. Because I get I get people I get the privilege of hearing a lot of these rough mixes, <laughs> a lot of a lot of driving in the car listening to early mixes of Carissa Johnson tunes. Uh, <laughs> So why don't uh, don't you tell say a little bit tell us a little bit about uh, you lost you that they're gonna hear? Yeah, so this one is a very near and dear to my heart song. I know they all are, but this one was one that I actually felt like I was taking a big risk on. Um, When I wrote it, it came together in like what felt like five minutes, um, just because I was kind of in this place where I was like so frustrated more than I think I've ever been ever, and I didn't know what I was frustrated about. I just felt like I couldn't really get it out, and I was like not really singing about one person in general like I was one person I was singing about kind of just what I was going through in general and um just kind of about people like not being themselves to kind of fit a stereotype and like losing themselves in the process and then watching it be like a friend of yours and then be like man we're not even like friends anymore because you're not who you were and just being confused by that um and so when I wrote it I ended up just like you know, throwing the capo on the guitar and just playing some random chords. I didn't even know what chords I was playing. And then it ended up being like, um, in my head, I was like, this is a total like fast rock punk song, just like how I write everything. And I visualize them all until I bring them to the band. And then they turn into something else that I never expect. And I brought this one to Nick first. We jammed it out and he played the drums to it far slower than I thought that he would. Cause it was still the same like tempo, but it was more groovy. And I was like, okay, I guess I can like, vibe with this and then I was like oh my god I love this like I was picturing just like a like really fast rock beat and then it turned into this kind of like grooving emo sounding kind of like throwback sound that I was like whoa like that is the song and then Steph added in some little guitar licks that were like what like okay this is like really turning into something completely different than I've ever done and that's where it felt like a risk when I was putting it out I was like I don't know if people are gonna like this it's like slow and it's like just kind of like a lot moodier and it's like it has all these different elements to it that I've never done before but that's why it's so close to me is because of that because it was different and then when we brought it out and like I heard it on the radio for the first time when it was being promoted for the rumble we released it on our first rumble night and um it was just the wildest thing ever I was like the reaction blew my mind because I was like playing it for friends I think I played it for you I played it for some like like childhood friends and I was just like what what do you think of this is this good like is this weird and then I was like oh man people are gonna either love this or hate it and then I just got the best reaction ever and um yeah so that's the song that I play every time I play and it's like my favorite one to perform live and uh luckily a lot of people have related to it and like have made their own interpretations that always excite me and surprise me but yeah that was the first single off talk 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 Well, let's give it a listen. Here's Carissa Johnson. You lost you. Seems so- 
right, so that was You Lost You off of Talk, 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 uh, Carissa's 2018 release. Uh, that one, was that one also recorded at the Den? Only I know only Rose yes. and For Now was. Yes. And Talk, Talk, Talk was? Mm-hmm. Yep, Talk, Talk, Talk had two songs off. Uh, that we were, those were recorded at Mad Oak, but everything else was recorded at the Den. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, now, Talk, 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 that was, you wrote a lot of those songs on the road, right? If yeah. I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of that was um, recorded in between tours, and the writing was done on the tours. Okay. So, yeah, I remember we'd always like come home for like a show and then bang out like a practice, a show, a recording, photo shoot, all on a weekend. Um, but yeah. that, that that was more so this past the single process. But um, yeah, for talk talk talk, it was we had like a few weeks at a time where we were going into the studio because I'd be home for a month, then I'd be on the road for a month, then I'd be like back and forth. Um, but yeah, the the album is very much about kind of like coming into that process of just mm-hmm. touring and being back and forth, and then um, just kind of about like um you know the new change of just kind of new life, I guess. Yeah, and doing. And not just being talk, talk, talk. Exactly. Walking and walking and walking. That's <laughs> just walking and walking. Not all talking and talking. Exactly. A little bit of Christopher, but mostly walking. Mostly um, walking. So after Talk, Talk, Talk comes out, you do uh, a couple of singles, right? Mm-hmm. One single, two singles. I'm off the top of my head. I forget. You do we two did. singles. Something good, yep. and then uh, so far so good. And then we did the upside. Right, and the upside. Damn it, I forgot the upside. Oh, um, <laughs> it's okay. I forgive you. Thank God, my birthday already happened. For now, <laughs> you uh, people, <laughs> you can't imagine what it was like to be in a room with me or Carissa during For Now when that was uh, when we were playing For Now because. Ugh. Any time you could fit for now in a sentence, it got put into a sentence. <laughs> and it still right does. Before. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go through all the songs. <laughs> yeah. it's a re- <laughs> The more songs and albums we both make, the more awful inside jokes have to occur. That's and I'm sorry that they spill into this, but uh, I will not apologize uh, for natural. it again. But, it's uh, just natural, baby. It's just natural. I've made some mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> that one never came out, so. Oh, so that doesn't count. <laughs> that Cut one that doesn't out. count. That one's a failure. You've rubbed in my face. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for that. It's okay. You yeah. forgot about my single, so. Yeah, yeah I, I forgot about. Out, yeah, I yeah. Three. Why don't you talk about the, sing- right, the three right, singles? So yeah, I was trying to go mm-hmm. for one single, one season. So I did one in February, did one in June, and then did one in what was it November? So it was. It wasn't every season, but it was like you know, for the most part, just putting them out, just like every so often throughout the year to kind of just like you know keep stuff coming. But I was like really gone that whole year, so it was really hard to get stuff like produced. So that was when I was really coming home for like a weekend at a time, and we'd have to like just fit in a studio session where we could. Yeah. Because um, at that point I was living in LA, and um, it was like things were just different and tight and just touring was just like taking over so I, when I came home I'd be like okay we got to bang this out like quick like we didn't even know the song at some points like something good and so far so good we literally learned the song in the studio recorded it that day and then just got it done and put it out and so that it is was wild it was crazy because those are the two like two of our best songs I think and it just the process was just like something we hadn't ever done before yeah. Um, but yeah, so far so good. I wrote in L.A. Something good I wrote in L.A. And The Upside, I believe I wrote that one at home. That one was a little later in the mix. But um, yeah, still about that same experience, kind of just like bouncing back and forth and just like, yeah, life, you know. Uh, did you have, because for that period of time, you really, really were just constantly on the run Uh and never really in a place for longer than what seemed like two or three hours. Yeah. Because even though you were like, quote unquote, living in L.A., it was more or less uh, a locker. Yeah. Where, like, this is where my stuff in bed is, and I am in a car over here for a week. 
Yeah, uh, then I'd come home for a show and I'd see everybody. And I'm like, I'm getting on a flight in three hours. What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. now, did you have anything that you did during that time that always kind of kept you grounded? That was like kind of your ritual or something you would always go back to when... Like if you if you felt too far gone after a few weeks of being on the road, is there anything that you had that you'd go back to? Um, hmm. I think so. Everywhere that I traveled, I brought this book with me called Positive Imaging, and um, it's just kind of like my comfort. I have it right here. It's like arm's length from me right now. But um, that was kind of like a comfort. I think that was just that one thing that I always had in my backpack. Um, and my journal. I just always had my journal and I wouldn't write every day or read that book every day. But just having them nearby was almost like just my like just sanity kind of yeah, like in physical your safety form. blanket. Yeah, yeah. totally. Because like I just I didn't really have much besides my instruments and um, clothes. And those were just my backpack was like what I was living out of. And I was just like, I need to write how I feel like I, I ended up writing out like just everything that was in my mind and that just really like helped everything more than anything and I don't think it was any like real um ritual necessarily just kind of like even I, I had to go into my car a lot because that was like the only time I really had space like just by myself and just sit sometimes I'd wake up at six in the morning and just sit and just like stare at the sky and um just be like man like it just just to like not even think about anything and just be like present in whatever whirlwind I was going through because it felt like a whirlwind most of the time but I think just my saving grace was having that space and going for walks and I mean even now in these quarantine times it's like my journal my book and going for walks it's like just kind of that that thing to bring you back into yourself and center yourself and yeah. um, exercise you know movement because um, a lot of it too is like spending so much time in a car it can really like make you feel constricted in a lot of ways emotionally and physically so like moving your joints and just moving like your body and like just kind of like i don't know just just writing out getting stuff out of your head and onto paper and even if you just never look at it ever again or like crumple it up and throw it out like that just like i needed that so yeah. that's where a lot of the songs were born from because i just like end up journaling and then a line from my journal would be like that sounds like it could be a song and then i'd turn that into a song or even like i've noticed too because i had to have like a lot of anxiety and like breathing problems when i was touring and i used to think it was allergies to cats like i used to think that i or even dogs are like just like a allergic reactions yeah. but it was anxiety and so i just picked up my guitar and strummed anything and it all went away so even just picking up my guitar at times, I'd be like, I just need to go play one chord on a guitar and I'll be re-centered. Um, yeah. So, yeah, a few different ways, but no set ritual, I guess. Just kind of like mantras and stuff that I'd like say in my head, you know. Yeah, stuff, you know, a mobile, a mobile home. Yeah. <laughs> a mobile and tangible kind of home. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, creating uh, that home like in my heart, you know. Yeah. Well, it's like there's a line from a TV show, Silicon Valley, that me and uh, the quesadilla cooker himself watch a lot. And um, it's, you know, when you're on the road like that, the quote is, you know, you simply pretend that your skeleton is you and your skin is your home. So in a way. Oh, wow. You're always home. That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I love sure. that. <laughs> well, that's terrifying. Let's like listen to not comforting it's, but comforting at the same time <laughs> that, yeah that's the humor of it that's that's why me and the quesadilla cooker say it that's uh well let's listen to a song born out of that era called so far so good
that was so far so good uh off the 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 titular the titular single of the single <laughs> let's you know i'm not gonna cut that out we're gonna keep that and that's a fine way to come back i love it and that was with uh the cure alls as well steph curran and nick hall is it steph curran mm-hmm. a curran it's or curran i i never curran. asked <laughs> it's been four years you never and asked. I never asked. <laughs> it gets to a point where you just can't i got yeah, to see nick i feel like i should know by now oh i know i, I got- heard you saw him in oregon didn't you yeah Met, wow. I met up with him at a Dune themed bar, and I was like, oh, this, oh is, that's cool. this is Portland. Uh, uh, he's a good dude. I miss Nick. Uh, I miss him too. He was just here in LA with me and Steph. We just did a show together. So it was oh, yeah. How him. was that show? It was fun. It was, uh, it was late Sunday night, but it was still a good time. The other bands were great, and uh, it's just always so fun to jam with them. Practice was yeah. super fun. Just like, you know, all being in a new place together and playing the songs, and it's just like, same energy all around love it back in the old world yeah seriously before everything was different mm-hmm. <laughs> well it's like <laughs> i i do um my daily cat in the hat podcast and that's eight days behind so i was publishing out this week's episodes yesterday and i was hearing myself talk about times eight days ago and i was like damn the wow. world was different eight days ago. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my God. I was, like, dumpster diving for fortune cookies eight days ago. Oh, yeah, dude. You're probably sick as shit. eating fortune cookies out of a dumpster eight days ago. That's, uh, I don't know <laughs> why I didn't question that. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> or the three people with me. Yeah, because I remember we talked, and I was like, I don't know, dude, this whole thing kind of seems a little overblown and kind of like bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, I remember being like, I should probably text her and admit that I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, everyone before I left, everyone was like, watch out, L.A., coronavirus. And I'm like, ah, you know, yeah. And now it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I don't give a shit. This plague's the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm thriving. <laughs> I'm trying to stay positive about it. Yeah. No need for stress or fear. You know, it's all about adjusting. Mm -hmm. You know, everything that's going to happen is exactly what's going to happen. And all you can do is everything you'll do. You got to lean into it. Uh, So I think the the third song you sent me, and I saved it for last, even though chronologically it would have made sense to put it in sooner. uh, I feel like it's become really your whole image around i think kind of came out of around not i don't want to say it came out of this song but it definitely morphed due to this song oh for Um, sure yeah the denim started with the music video (laughs) (laughs) the denim (laughs) the denim Uh, (laughs) i'm sorry go on (laughs) no because mine was gonna be even worse what was yours mine was gonna be like huh the pool farts yeah you and the (laughs) i got a pool fart (laughs) 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 the little sneaky bubble popping up the surface got a pool fart uh (laughs) Wow, that was good. Yeah, well, it's you know I might have had it sitting up there for a while. Uh, (laughs) Oh my uh, god! What I was gonna say to put it in a way that I think everyone understands is not that I think your image came out of the Fuel Heart song, but I think you had your image and the Fuel Heart song amplified it and kind of morphed into really what it uh, what you've kind of pushed for since then. The same way that. Uh, the symbiote from Spider-Man was already a symbiote, and then when it got the powers of Spider-Man and left him, it was still that symbiote, but also it was partly Spider-Man, and that's how we got Venom. Wow. So. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> let's, I'll cut that out, and we'll just say that's where the <laughs> denim started. We'll, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just have that. Oh, my God. No, I like yours better, actually. <laughs> no. 
But yeah, I think it totally was like a big point uh, in my early days and just, you know, integral stages. Can I peel back a curtain and just mm. say mm, that uh, mm. Mm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, cause sometimes you'll write a song and you'll text me when you get excited about a song. We are like, I just wrote this song, and I think people are really going to love this one. Uh, I think this one's going to be a real fucking hit, you say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly my words. No, it isn't. You don't. I'm, I, I curse. You don't. You're a, you're a nice, whole, a fuel-hearted person. Uh, <laughs> but sometimes you get excited about a song, and you'll text me and be like, I think this is a one I'm going to push when it, when it gets flushed out. And remember, fuel heart. You texted me about for like three days straight after you wrote it of just like, I love this song. This is this is a good song. Uh, I forgot about that. I don't. It was, you know. No, but I remember you being very excited about it. Yeah, uh, for sure. Especially after bringing it to the band. I was like, oh, my God, what is this? This is a song. Yeah. uh, So let's 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 talk about Fuel Heart. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Fuel Heart. Okay. Um, well, this one came about also very kind of randomly. Like, it wasn't really thought about. It was just kind of like a merging of a few different songs that I had started. Um, I used to drive to Boston, specifically to the Paradise, and I would just drive there from my house in Andover, and I'd be like, I just want to go look at the Paradise and just dream about playing there. And um, I'd go to, like, a bunch of different venues in Boston, and i just, like, want to drive and listen to music. And so I just drove and listened to music, and then I was just like, man, I'm doing this every night. Like, and this term just came into my head, fuel heart, because I had been just driving, and I was just like, all I want to do, all my heart wants to do is just get out and drive, and I'm constantly just like fueling up, and I'm constantly just like trying to inspire myself, and um, I felt super inspired doing that, and I think I felt so much like myself um, focusing on those goals that I was like, this is like a mantra for me. So I just wrote it down on a piece of paper. I wrote Fuel Heart. And um, I didn't really have a song for it. I was just like, that could be a cool song name at some point. And then I had another song where I was writing about kind of just like dealing with all these new feelings that I was going through and just kind of like, I can't really define who I am, but I feel like a lot of people are trying to define me or ask me, you know, to define myself. And I'm like, I feel like I'm up. I feel like I'm down. I feel like I'm right and left and happy and sad and all these different things at once that I can't pinpoint. And so it's just like I felt this frustration in that that then I just turned that turned into the chorus, and um, the verses were from another song that I was writing, and I I don't even know what it was, but I merged the two of them, and I kind of let it sit for a little while, and then I ended up getting a speeding ticket on my way to Portland, driving to a record store in the morning to get to work, and mm-hmm. um, it was a very hefty ticket, and I was like, oh, like no, like that was like too much money for me at the time, and um, I was like, Maybe I'm finishing that down. song. Yeah, I need to learn how to slow down. It was good because I had only gotten warnings up to that point. I was like, I'm never going to get an actual ticket. But I did. And I was like, my goal now is to finish that song, Fuel Heart, <laughs> and make something of this experience and make enough money to pay this off through the song. Um, and so I wrote it kind of as like, this is what I, you know, like, I, I need to get this song out there and like do this. And I'm just, I felt like that was an extra push that I needed. Or I had to tell myself that to justify paying for the speeding ticket. And I'm like, I really yeah. do have a fuel heart. Um, that sounds so well, cheesy. And a lead foot. And yeah, and a lead foot. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you so much. I believe in you and everything you do. But there's no way you didn't deserve that speeding <laughs> ticket. <laughs> no, I fully there's deserved <laughs> it. I absolutely deserved it. Uh, but fuel heart has like some of my favorite lyrics you've written in it. Uh, Thanks. Uh, like the what you call a face has been my only days. Uh, it's not just a fever that I can sweat out. I really like the saying and uh, saying it just straight out like that. It sound it. I always appreciate when a song where you can't read it and make any sense of it, uh-huh. where it really doesn't. Well, that sounded wrong. Uh, I know what you're saying. It's it's like you're getting through the metaphors. No, it's uh, I fucked it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, when you can read a song and it makes no sense as a as a song, you know, like it, it has, okay, doesn't. Yeah. God, if I had an an, an, an an ounce of musical talent, I could think of the goddamn word. But it, 
just, you know what, we're going to play the song in a minute and you'll understand what I mean because she doesn't just say it's not just a fever I can sweat out. Whereas, you know, I, I can't think of a creative way to read something. I get, I'm a fucking knave. Uh, but <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a goddamn goon, okay? But I really like the lines. What you uh, what you call the face has been on my only days. It's not just a fever I can sweat out. And then it goes on to, sure, with every pass around the sun, it gets easy, at least easier. But you got like a lot of stuff like that that I feel like is kind of the central theme of a lot of your stuff. But this song actually says it all out and lays it all out for you. It feels more vulnerable. It definitely is like when I wrote it, I was like, oh, boy, this is like hitting everything I was feeling. And people are going to feel this one. (laughs) Yeah. And I think they do. I mean, it's resonated a lot. It's held up the most, I think, of of your your earlier albums. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The song. It's still the song that we close every show with. Yeah. And I, th- I feel like it probably will be for a very long time. The rest uh, of my life. I mean, the same way, you know, I feel like it, I'll feel like so many bands have that flagship song where it's like, you know, you don't yell it out in the middle of their show because like they're just going to play it at the end. You know, it's like, going to be know, at the end. You yeah. know, it's going to be at the end. Don't be a goddamn fool. <laughs> uh, don't be a don't yeah, be a fool heart. A fool heart. Yeah, this one's another one that's very uh, precious to me, I think, more so than the others. Yeah, I love it. And you redid it uh, for your new album, 100 Restless Thoughts. Uh, let's let's talk about that before we play Fuel Heart, because I think we'll just, I'll probably close us, this out with Fuel Heart. Okay. And then we'll have a little PS. But let's, uh, you redid Fuel Heart for your album, 100 Restless Thoughts, 100 this is the goddamn. <laughs> this, this, this is the promo, but now it's not a joke, and I just can't a say it. Hundred wrestling thoughts. A, mon- a thunder a gunder bender. <laughs> hunder, hunder, hunder. Uh, hungry, <laughs> hungry wrestling things. Hungry wrestler thoms. Um, you redid Fuel Heart for Hundred Restless Thoughts, and. I listen. I forget where I was driving to, but I, you had given me a copy of that album, and I purposely saved it because I knew I would not have a hard time getting through it. But uh, I have a hard time sometimes with your lyrics because we're so close, and I'm like, "Oh, this poor sad lady," and uh, I get very like, "Oh, Chorus is so upset." Uh, and so when I got to Fuel Art, so I saved the album to be like, "I have a long drive." I will be able to have the whole album on the way home, like after a show, so it won't ruin me on the way to a show. And while I admit on microphone that I cried to listening to this album, no. Uh, <laughs> but, but it ends with Fuel Heart, and uh, I, I said it to you immediately after I listened to it, and I'll say it on the record that what you did to Fuel Heart, 100 Restless Thoughts, I thought was incredibly cool and super spooky. Still doesn't go into the Munsters theme song like I wish it did, (laughs) but uh, you did a crazy job rearranging it. Thanks. And yeah, a lot of that had to do with Vanessa Silberman's input as well, and uh, we kind of added a bunch of elements to it that we didn't foresee. And the whole album came together from someone coming up to me and asking me for an acoustic version of Fuel Heart. And uh, just because I end all my solo acoustic shows with that song, too, and um, it ends up going over well acoustic. And people are like, man, I want to like I want that recording of that acoustic. And so I was like, you know what, maybe I could do that and then maybe make an album around it. And um, so that's kind of what happened. And then when Vanessa added in the drums, it was like, whoa, it, it gave it that kind of spookier feel and then it was cool to see it kind of take shape in a whole different way than the other original recording yeah so felt like a risk but it's like again it's like one of the best creations i think just because of you know the the response people end up really liking it and i'm just glad it went over the way um that you know it it went over well people i think it was when the organs came in where it got, I, it, I audibly went, oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I was just like, oh, damn, like this happened. Yeah, it just got dark. Oh, I remember like you texted it, me. It like made my day. It's like the best thing ever. Yeah, well, you know, 
my high praise really carries some weight. It does. <laughs> I'm pretty biased. Um, and 100 Restless Thoughts, you didn't do that in a studio. Uh, am I correct? Mm. <laughs> oh, it's interesting. When, what did, how did you record this? We recorded it. I'm unaware. Are you? So I'll tell you. We recorded it in a bunch of different churches. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mostly, mostly on the East Coast. We did one in San Francisco. But um, yeah, they're uh, all recorded in churches and um, in Vanessa's studio in New York. Yeah, and uh, it's <laughs> it's a very cool sound. Sorry, Thanks. we're. <laughs> We're doing this over a video conference and we are making silly faces. I'm not trying to laugh at this. But man, I'm blowing it. I'm I'm laughing be well because I can't take anything seriously. I think life is far too important a thing ever to talk seriously about, quite frankly. Uh that's my mantra. <laughs> Who said that, Oscar Wilde? Yeah, what a wild guy he was. Uh well, so let's hear the original version of Fuel Heart off of Only Roses. And here we go.
right, so that was Fuel Heart. Uh, that is, that's always so weird to go back and listen to that song. It's always, it's, it is faster than I remember it being, uh, but probably because I'm used to hearing it on all the different versions, well, the new version or just hearing you play it live. Because it yeah. is a, a fairly produced tune. Very produced. Uh, but in a good way. I do not mean that in a negative way at all. Uh, so, Carissa, thank you for doing this episode with me. Thank you for talking through a bit of your musical journey. Yeah, uh, thanks for being there for most of it and for having me today. Thanks for falling for my lies and letting me <laughs> hang out with you. It's been the joy of my life. It's been the best times of my life. You to are be the totally joy of my honest life. with you, ah, girl, do you have uh, anything you want to say to any other uh, any young people wanting to start out in music? Anyone yeah. that uh, anyone that anyone that maybe you know feels like maybe I got a pool fart. <laughs> Let it out. <laughs> let it be free, free the pool let, farts. Let it out. The That's chemical, the, the, the chemicals that make you seem like you pee don't exist. Do not hold it inside. Let it out. People need it. Um, yeah, do it. You know, have fun. Don't take yourself too seriously. It's like we don't. <laughs> well, I do. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Carissa. Uh, it's always such a joy. Um, everyone, I recommend it on so many of my podcasts, but I'll say it on this one because it finally makes sense. Go buy Carissa Johnson's music. Uh, you can find all of her stuff on Spotify. Uh, what is your What is your website? CarissaJohnsonMusic.com And that's where they can find all your future tour dates, all your you merch. Find it all. You got merch. a whole bunch of merch, right? There's a ton of merch. Yeah, a lot of fun things. I got a bunch of colored vinyl. You should check out and order all of it. Um, and then I got some t-shirts. I got some patches. Um, but yeah, links to the socials are on there, too. It's basically Carissa Johnson music on everything. And I uh, try to stay up to date on everything. Yeah, and check out her skateboards. You just finished the skateboard raffle. and Yeah. You're, she's a, Carissa Johnson's a great painter, great musician, great friend, great lady. Also, you're on Genius Lyrics. Did you know that? Uh, I did not know that. That's amazing. I had to s I searched Fuel Heart Lyrics to make sure I didn't fuck them up. And, uh, and they're on genius, there? Yeah, Genius Lyrics. Oh, wow. I saw, I realized I'm on Shazam, too. People can Shazam my music. That's so cool. They're, they got Ooh. three Shazams this month. Who's Shazamming really? me? Where is it playing Everyone. that people are Shazamming? That's what I want to know. Shazam Carissa Johnson. Shazam. Shazam <laughs> Carissa Johnson. <laughs> Shazam! <laughs> All right, Carissa. Well, thanks so much for doing this. I will uh, talk I to you soon. You. Thank I you. love you. Everyone, go listen to her music. Thank you all. Bye. Bye. Five, six, seven, seven. <laughs>